and welcome to the ADHD Friendly Podcast. I'm Patty Blinderman. I'm an ADHD coach, and my passion is finding ADHD-friendly ways to bring more ease to my life, and I bring them here to share with you in the hopes that they do the same in your life. Today, I'm going to be talking about something called sleep hygiene. So I've got my comfy PJs on. Let's get started. So I'm going to define sleep hygiene first. And it is defined as the collective steps to ensure you're enjoying your best sleep on a regular basis. So I want to just really highlight this can look and feel different for each individual. There's no one right way or you know wrong way to, to get ready for your transition to sleep each night. But just remembering that sleep hygiene is literally those steps that you do that cue your body's circadian rhythm to recognize that you are preparing to transition to going to sleep. So I'm going to share some research on sleep first, and then I'm going to dive into some strategies to support sleep hygiene. So current research from the CDC shows that insufficient sleep over time is associated with a greater risk of diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart disease. It can also lead to memory and cognitive issues as well. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> if we have ADHD brain wiring, we already have memory and cognitive issues potentially impacting us. Um, and then according to Attitude Magazine, sleep problems are common for adults with ADHD. And they estimate 70% of adults with ADHD spend at least an hour trying to fall asleep each night. So sleep challenges are very common with ADHD. And um, a lot of times there's multiple factors going on. So we're just going to I just want to highlight some, some ways to come at it, hopefully to create some sparkle and interest in pulling your brain from maybe something really interesting to, if you perceive sleep as boring, um, mundane, you know, all those things that, that we rebel against, it can create a real challenge. So we have to find some sparkle in the sleep transitioning time, that sleep hygiene. One other term that I came across, this is from uh, Duke University. Um, clinical psychologist from the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Services, Dr. Jade Wu, says there's something called social jet lag. He says when we sleep and rise at very different times on work days versus off days, it's like we're traveling multiple time zones throughout the week and we're getting jet lagged. This confuses our circadian clocks, making our sleep quality and daytime functioning worse. I love that term, social jet lag. I found that very sparkly. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, the other thing that I want to highlight is it's recommended for adults. I'm going to primarily talk about adults here, um, need to get anywhere between seven and nine hours of sleep. Each night is recommended. A lot of times we can get used to sleeping less, or we believe that we've gotten used to sleeping less. And research actually shows that that's not true. You just might be used to what that looks and feels like, but that doesn't mean that you're not being impacted. And research also shows that not getting sufficient sleep and being sleep deprived can actually have a similar impact as being, um, having had a couple of drinks of alcohol. So literally impacting you similarly to when you're drinking. That's really scary when you think about, you know, trying to make decisions throughout the day or getting behind a car and driving. Um, it's really important that the sleep um, be supported so that your brain is able to do those things you're trying to do with more ease. 
I always call sleep one of the three pillars of supporting ADHD. It's a foundational piece, sleep, diet, exercise. So today we're just going to talk about some strategies to support your sleep hygiene. So strategy number one is just to maybe focus on identifying a relaxing ritual before you are going to get to bed. So it might be that you watch a certain favorite TV show, something you know that you're finishing hopefully at least 30 minutes before you get to bed so you're not on screens beforehand. Maybe it's a journaling routine that you're just sitting and writing out your thoughts for the day or your list for the next day. So you're getting that brain dump out of your head and you're not having that kind of firing up your brain and getting you thinking while you're trying to transition to sleep. Could also be maybe doing yoga or some stretching exercises, something, you know, not a high energy workout, but just some calming yoga or stretching. Maybe you're meditating a few minutes of listening to maybe a recorded meditation to transition to sleep um, or breathing exercises can be a relaxing ritual. Research that I did also showed if um, you take a hot shower 90 minutes. I'm not quite sure why, but the 90 minutes beforehand seemed to be um, the time that research showed was the had the biggest benefit. So taking a hot shower, they said it raises your body temperature. And then as your body's transitioning back to its normal temperature, that transition actually helps to, to ease the transition into sleep. So that 90 minute before you're planning on going to bed seems to be research shows a good time to target that if that's something that might be part of a relaxing ritual for you to transition to your bedtime. The next strategy is something um, that can, I'm calling it reducing your bedtime resistance um, or procrastinating going to bed. There's something called revenge bedtime procrastination. And that's when we engage in activities that really we didn't have time to do during the day. And you may want to go to sleep, but your actions and your behaviors aren't aligning with that intention. So you might be like, oh, I really just need to go to bed, but I'm going to just, you know, throw in one more load of wash. And, or I just, you know, I didn't get any time to myself. So I'm just going to watch one more episode of, you know, this on TV. So to minimize that really, you know, thinking about what would make it easier to transition. One of my favorite strategies is to identify those things that will make it harder for me to go to bed. Because remember, it's at the end of the day or the end of, you know, whatever your, your work-life schedule is, you're trying to transition to, and if you still need to get on your pajamas or brush your teeth and wash your face, um, do the dishes, you know, from dinner, if there's tasks that still need to be done, we'll sit and often think about like, oh, I know I need to go to sleep, but I've got to do all these things. And so we're literally resisting the effort it's going to take to do those things. So one of my favorite hacks is to just go ahead and do them. So what, a, what I'll do is I'll put on my PJs after, after dinner and I'll brush my teeth and floss my teeth and wash my face. And that way I'm not snacking anymore. And I'm also already in my pajamas. So I'm, you know, if I'm going to sit down and watch TV, I'm in my pajamas already and I can enjoy it knowing as soon as it's over, I don't have to do anything else except go to bed. Um, it might also be identifying what's going to pull you into going to bed, making it yummy, maybe, maybe making your bedroom something that, you know, you're really looking forward to. Um, can be a strategy. So instead of trying to push yourself to go to bed, I always say we want it to pull you into going to bed. Um, so just paying attention to what would it be? Maybe it's having like comfortable bedding that you're looking forward to getting into. Maybe it's making sure that your bed is clear of clutter or that you're visually um, don't have a lot of clutter 
in the environment that you're trying to transition to go to sleep in. Um, one of the strategies that came up in my research was to monitor nighttime eating and drinking. So they, one, one article that I found talked about how, you know, if, if you're sensitive to caffeine, maybe, you know, having something decaffeinated or water, uh, instead of something that might have caffeine in it. And I've talked to people that will tell me even if they drink decaf, it'll keep, keep them awake for hours. So if you're really sensitive, maybe making sure that you're not having anything except maybe, you know, water. Um, not having sugary sweets. And if you want a snack, maybe having lean protein or um, fresh fruit instead. And then not having like spicy or acidic foods. They talked about how that can often bring on like heartburn or indigestion, which will make it hard to sleep. So not eating those things before you're going to sleep. And they also talked about um, how alcohol will actually impair your, your rapid eye movement, your REM sleep. So it's it, you might fall asleep more easily, but it's actually not allowing you to have that deep restorative sleep. So instead having like water or something that, that isn't going to get in the way of you getting the sleep that you are in need of. Um, I want to share one more quote here. This is from Dr. Singh, who is a sleep physician. And he says, sleep loss is linked to memory impairment, poor mood, increased appetite. So think obesity and diabetes, he says, and reduced reflexes. It, in, it, in, it requires increased reaction time. So some studies, like I said, compared it to being worse than being intoxicated with alcohol. Um, obesity is actually linked highly with um, not getting enough sleep. Um, I, but I had never seen increased appetite. That was interesting that you can actually have you know, increased appetite if you're not getting enough sleep. So if you're sleep deprived, it's kind of that vicious cycle. So that leads me to strategy to number four, and that's a sleep log. And by a sleep log, I mean, you might just track there's apps for this, or it could just be, and I'll share a couple of apps, but it could just be that you're um, writing on a piece of paper. What time did I go to sleep? What time did I wake up and noticing throughout the day? How was your focus? How was your energy? Um, how are you able to manage your impulsivity? Um, what did you notice, you know, mood wise? Those things are what created motivation for me to really put structure on my sleep time. I always say sleep's one of my superpowers because I'm so aware of how negatively I'm impacted when I don't get enough sleep. And I love sleeping. Like I, I, like I just look forward to it. I always, sometimes I look like my camera's longer before I can go to sleep. I love it. Um, but it took, it took a lot of time for me to really notice what's in it for me too put structure around my sleep time and to protect it so that I'm getting it more consistently what I need. So, you know, maybe keeping a log. Um, and one of the things that I want to share around that is there's, there's multiple apps for this. So some of these are free and some of them are paid, but a couple of the ones that I found um, that are free are more like them. There's one called relax melodies and there's one calls, I don't know how to say it, Fizz Sleep. It's P-Z-I-Z-Z -Z -Z Sleep. Those are both free where they play relaxing um, music or you can make like a little playlist of relaxing tones and, and different volume and, um, and tempo. And those are free. And then there's a few, like there's a white noise one that you can pay for that does similar things, but that's a paid one. Um, and then there's some like subscriptions where you can, you can pay like so much a month for like better sleep is $60 a year. And that had pretty good reviews. I've not tried it, but that was one that had some good reviews on it. One that I have tried, it's about $2 and it's not, it's just a one-time fee. 
um, when I purchased it, it's called Sleep Town and it, it gamifies sleep. So you literally set like what time you want to go to sleep and what time you'd like to wake up. And when you activate it, it's on your phone. Um, if you try to go on your phone, it will take you out of that app and it basically destroys the the little part of the town that you're building so sleep town it's building like little houses and what i love is when you turn on the app you can see this little crane like building a house and if you go to on your phone it keeps you from going away to other apps because it reminds you like oh do you really want to do that because you're building a house right now and if you go to that other app and you close this one the house will be destroyed. And so it just gamifies it in a fun way. And I like that, you know, you see like the town building up over time. And if you get certain number of houses in a row and you're meeting your, um, your sleep goal, you get like different access to different kinds of houses, maybe a two-story house instead of a ranch and, and all these different varieties. So you get to really see a town grow. It's from the same developers as the forest app. If you've ever used that, it's a way to stay off devices and encourage you to put structure around it in a fun way. So again, you're pulling yourself into doing it, creating some sparkle instead of some, um, if there's any resistance to it or an expectation, like I just need to get more sleep. That doesn't often work for us. So gamifying it and finding some sparkly ways to connect to it can work for us. And then the other thing that I, I learned in my research that I want to share here is we can't catch up for lost sleep. So if you don't get a lot of sleep during the week, but you're like, you know what, I'll make up for it in the weekend. Research shows that actually doesn't work. You cannot, once it's over, it's over. You can't make up and catch up again. So the more consistent you can make your going to sleep and wake times, the the less impact on that. Remember that social jet lag. So if you're you know kind of staying up really late or sleeping on the weekends, that really does have um, an impact. So it feels like jet lag, like your brain's just a little foggy or things are just a little bit harder for you to um, focus on or get some energy around. So just wanted to share a bit around the idea of, of sleep hygiene, um, maybe picking some comfy PJs. That's one of my favorite things. If I'm looking forward to getting my PJs on, it just creates that first step, that, that routine that's going to support me to get into bed more consistently at a time that will support me to get that seven to nine hours of sleep. That's all for this episode of the ADHD friendly podcast. If you haven't started your personal owner's manual yet, I invite you to check out my website, adhdfriendly.com for some tools and um, tips on how to start yours. There's even a free mini palm you can register and download so you can start today on yours. And if you like this episode, please subscribe to me and share it with, with others so they can do the same, trying to get to my hundred subscribers so I can have my own unique um, link that I can share just to make it a little bit more ADHD friendly. That's all for now. Until next time, tally ho.